Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 685 for release on Sunday, April 10th, 2022. On the program today, the Voice of America on Medium Wave at Poro in the Philippines. We'll also have our Philippine DX report from Henry Umarhai. And finally, a tribute to Violet Peterson. The third relay station for VOA, the Voice of America in the Philippines, was located at Poro Point, 150 miles north of the national capital, Manila. Interestingly, though, that one VOA relay station at Poro was, in reality, four different radio broadcasting stations all clustered together. Ray Robinson now goes back to the beginning. Thanks, Jeff. The Wallace Air Force Base at Poro Point on Luzon Island in the Philippines was originally acquired by the United States for use as a cavalry base back in the year 1903. It was subsequently taken over for use as an American Air Force Base. During the year 1950, at the time when China was supporting the North Korean attempt to take over the entire Korean peninsula, the Poro location was used as a radio listening base for monitoring Chinese and North Korean broadcasts. Tents and other temporary housing were hurriedly erected and sophisticated electronic equipment was installed. In an attempt to cover the same areas in the Far East with their radio programming, VOA announced its plan to install a massive 1 million watt medium wave transmitter at the same Poro Point location. The radio behemoth they chose was a Continental Transmitter Model 105B, which was in fact two 500kW transmitters combined in parallel to make a single transmitter in one huge metal shell. The first 1000kW Continental Model 105B was built for VOA as a long-wave transmitter on 173kHz, and it was installed in Munich Erching in Germany in 1953. The intended coverage area from this super-powered long-wave transmitter was Eastern Europe, and in particular Russia. Later in the same year, in June 1953, the huge 1 megawatt medium-wave transmitter, which, like the long-wave transmitter, had been manufactured in Dallas, Texas, was inaugurated at Poro in the Philippines with a single tall transmission tower. It's probable that this transmitter was the first 1 megawatt medium-wave transmitter, Model 105B, constructed by Continental. The signal from that 1 megawatt unit on 1140 kHz was heard far and wide, loud and clear. The transmitter was accorded a Philippine call sign, DWVA, though that designation was never used by VOA, not in their on-air announcements and not in their publications. In 1978, new international radio regulations implemented 9 kHz channel spacing in Asia, and accordingly the operating frequency for VOA DWVA at Poro in the Philippines was changed from 1140 kHz to 1143 kHz. During the year 1995, a new 1 MW medium wave transmitter was constructed at the Harris Radio Factory in Quincy, Illinois, in the United States, in preparation for installation at Poro in the Philippines. 
At 5pm on Monday, June the 26th, 1995, this new 1 megawatt Harris medium wave transmitter was activated at the factory in Quincy on 11.43 kHz for a series of preliminary test transmissions. The new Harris transmitter was their first 1 megawatt medium wave transmitter and later in 1995 it was duly installed at Poro in the Philippines, most likely in the shortwave transmitter building. At that stage, the original Continental was taken into active retirement as a backup, if necessary, for the newer Harris transmitter. However, there was one major problem. The medium wave frequency for VOA Poro, 1143 kHz, now suffered from severe interference in the Far East due to a Taiwan transmitter on the same channel, 1143 kHz, with a power of 100 kilowatts. Beginning on December 6, 1997, a series of test transmissions lasting nine days was conducted on what was considered a more successful medium wave frequency, 1170 kHz. These test broadcasts, which were on the air via the Harris transmitter at VOA Poro in the Philippines, simply used instrumental music rather than the regular VOA programming feed. Nevertheless, VOA Poro remained on 1143 kHz, though a new four-tower directional antenna system was installed in an endeavour to propagate a stronger directional signal into the Far East. Then again, another series of similar weekly test transmissions was conducted six years later in 2003, with both superpower medium-wave transmitters on the air simultaneously, the Continental on 1143 kHz and the Harris on 1170 kHz. In 2005, the Harris transmitter was removed from its first location, probably in the shortwave transmitter building, and reinstalled into a new and specifically constructed building where it began operation at the full power of almost 1 million watts on the new and now regular channel 1170 kHz. At that stage, the Continental was finally retired forever, after half a century of lifetime service. It was both the first and last Continental 1 megawatt to remain in active service. However, the lifetime for the newer Harris superpower transmitter was also coming to an end. In March 2013, VOA DWVA was noted in Asia and the Pacific as off the air, silent. The issues of the World Radio TV handbook for the next few years showed the station as inactive, and then in the 2016 issue it was no longer listed. VOA superpower medium wave at the Wallace Air Force Base on Poro Point in the Philippines was now totally silent, off the air and gone forever. So whatever happened to those two superpower 1 megawatt medium wave transmitters? Well, we don't know, but we'd guess they were simply sold off locally as scrap metal. You can see what remains of the VOA station at Poro on Google Maps. The two medium wave transmitter buildings and sets of antenna systems are still visible. We plan to present the story of the shortwave station at Poro in a coming edition of WaveScan. For now, back to you, Jeff. Well, thank you very much, Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles. And we look forward to that story of the shortwave station at Poro. Now to Henry Umatai with his Philippine DX report. Hello, everyone. Hello, dear shortwave listeners. Wherever you're welcome to the April 10th edition of the Philippine DX. It's report number 181. I'm Hendy Umaday in Bacolod City, Negros Occidental Central Philippines. Glad to be back and thank you for listening. I would like to thank our DXR friends for sending their reception report. Most recently, Mr. Richard Lemke 
in Alberta, Canada, Mr. Constantine Barkensop in St. Petersburg, and Mr. Jan Sakari Alvarez in Cavite here in the Philippines. All of you, thank you very much. Reception lags for March 2022, March 6, Radio Free Asia on 15340. In Chinese, from Ping Pong, that's 0832, SIO 333. March 6, World Christian Broadcasting, KNLS on 11875 in Chinese. From Anchor Point, that's 0845, SIO 444. For March 6, NSK World Radio Japan on 15280. In Japanese, from Yamada, at 033 SIO 454. March 3, Voice of China, China National Radio 1 on 11760. In Chinese, from Sijiachuang, at 0849 SIO 433. March 13, Radio Taiwan International on 11745. In Japanese, from Baochong, at 0850 SIO 444. March 13, KCBS Pyongyang. On 11680 in Korean, from Kanji, at 0852 SIO333, March 13, RTMY, Limbang FM, on 11665 in Malaysian, from Kajang, at 0853 SIO333, March 20, TAWH, on 9965 in English, from Midorn Palau, at 0856 SIO333, March 20, Voice of America on 11825 in Chinese, from Tinang, at 0910, SIO555, March 27, Adventist World Ratio on 15450 in Chinese, from Agat Guam, at 1009, SIO45, March 27, Transfer Ratio KTWR on 11965 in Indonesian, from Aganya Guam, at 10.15, SIO 4.4 for March 27, Adventist World Ratio on 17.540 in Lucano, Paragat, Guam at 09.50, SIO 4.34 and March 27, New Life Station KNLS on 9.580 in English, from Anchor Point at 10.20, SIO 4.33. Send us your comments, suggestions, reception notes, and informations to philippinasdx at gmail.com that's p-i-l-i-p-i-n-a-s-d-x for philippinasdx at gmail.com this has been Henry Umaray for Wavescan in Bacolod City Negros Occidental Central Philippines saying mabuhay at maraming salamat po thank you Henry the war in Ukraine continues to bring a large amount of attention to shortwave radio and its ability to get news information and messages of hope to people in all of the affected region. We've seen articles about this in many print and online publications such as The Hill, The Washington Post, and The Telegraph of London. Radio and TV stations in France have covered the shortwave story, and so has EWTN, a Catholic cable and satellite TV network operated by the same organization that runs WEWN, shortwave radio, in Birmingham, Alabama. EWTN News interviewed us at WRMI, and Glenn Tapley at WEWN, who's a frequent guest here on Wayscan, for the following report. This week, President Zelensky granted a groundbreaking interview to four Russian independent journalists, a first for any Russians covering the war. But the Russian people did not hear Zelensky's pleas for peace. Russian authorities banned the interview before it was broadcast. But Vatican Radio and the BBC are also turning to an old technology, shortwave radio. Reporter Roselle Reges explains. Fearsome and uncertain about what the future holds, people in Ukraine need reliable information now more than ever. As war rages on, many aren't able to tune into the regular cable news or connect to Internet. 
Earlier this month, Russian troops bombed Ukraine's main television tower in Kyiv, briefly cutting off broadcasting. And accurate news and information is hard to come by in Russia amid a media crackdown there. Many independent and Western media outlets were forced to shut down their bureaus. This is TV Rain, a top independent TV station in Russia, the day it seized operations nearly a month ago. I very much hope that we'll be back on air. How, where, on what platforms, and what it will look like, we don't know yet. To get through to both Russians and Ukrainians with reliable information, most media outlets are using digital circumvention tools to break through. In Russia particularly, people are using virtual private networks, or VPN, to reach Western news outlets. But some media outlets are also going old school to help disseminate news and even hope via shortwave radio. The BBC decided to revive its shortwave platform on March 12, saying millions of people in Russia are turning to them to learn more about what's really happening in Ukraine as an alternative to state-sponsored programming. And in Italy, Vatican Radio has increased shortwave broadcasts to Ukraine and Russia, starting two daily broadcasts in the two languages last week. Plus, its morning programs to Kyiv and Moscow have been extended 20 minutes longer. Head of Vatican Radio Massimiliano Menichetti says the decision was taken to better respond to its mission, bringing hope. Even if there is a war, much pain, suffering, we pray for peace. Pope Francis said, with war, everything is lost, everything. There is no victory in a war, everything is defeated. Vatican Radio, pray for peace and try to build bridges. This is WRMI, Okeechobee, Florida. This transmitter site in the middle of Florida is also now broadcasting news in Ukraine and Russia. And the more information that we can provide, the better it is for the all involved, Russian and Ukrainian both. And that's what we're trying to do. Kate Neiswinder and a group of supporters launched the fundraiser called Shortwaves for Freedom. Its goal, raising funds for airtime to broadcast news as it happens in Ukraine and Russia. Radio Miami International, or WRMI, transmits that news via shortwave frequencies to Europe. Right now, Shortwaves for Freedom is broadcasting the Voice of America's daily program, Flashpoint Ukraine, in Ukrainian, Russian, and English. And they have enough funding to broadcast for 90 days. Historically, shortwave has been used to get information past sensors, past blocks, uh, of normal transmissions right straight into the area that, that's needed most. Um, in this situation, we knew that Putin was cutting off the internet, was cutting off normal broadcasts, uh, was criminalizing journalism to a great extent, as I'm sure you know. Shortwave is a radio frequency much like AM or FM. The radio electromagnetic waves are projected in certain directions, sometimes long distances by antennas, and then bounce off a layer off the atmosphere called the ionosphere. By tuning receivers, listeners can pick up the shortwave signals. Jeff White, the general manager of WRMI, says shortwave radio is always a place to turn to during a crisis. Shortwave has often been called crisis radio, and it's it's something that people turn to whenever there is a crisis. The day after we started the um, Ukrainian program, uh, we get a message on our uh, from a listener on our Facebook page. It just said, "Thanks from Kharkiv, Ukraine." Um, a few days ago, we got another one. Thank you very much from uh, Sumi uh, in Ukraine. So, you know, we get feedback. 
Amid the ongoing war, media organizations and social media platforms are continuing to push information out to those in need, both in Ukraine and Russia. Whether it's using digital backdoors in the age of technology or even relying on old school tech like shortwave radio. EWTN Catholic Radio also relies on shortwave radio to reach its growing audience in Africa and Latin America, providing a source of truth that allows Catholics to grow in their faith and to carry out the mission of the Catholic Church. Name of Jesus, who is Lord, his eternal word be proclaimed. EWTN shortwave radio has been on the airwaves since December 1992. EWTN radio affiliate engineer Glenn Tapley says shortwaves are used to reach people in remote areas where information is hard to get or during a crisis. So as long as they have a radio receiver, they can receive the signals that are coming to them from the various broadcasters. Tapley says EWTN foundress Mother Angelica had a vision in mind. She just wanted to do what basically is the mission of all EWTN is to proclaim the good news to every tribe and every tongue and every people all over the earth. And shortwave was a way that we could get from one area to a vast um, area um, far away from us. Rosal Rages, EWTN News in Depth. Finally, some sad news today about a member of our AWR family. The following tribute, She Is My Girl, was written by our DX editor, Adrian Peterson, and I'll read it for him. It is with a heavy heart that I announce the death of my dear wife, Violet, at the age of 88. She breathed her last with me in the home of our daughter and her husband in Martinsville, Indiana, in the United States, soon after early daylight on Thursday, March 31, 2022. My wife was born as the seventh child in the prominent Adventist Doble family in suburban Sydney, Australia, on Monday, July 17, 1933. She was indeed named after the pretty flower, the Australian version of the English violet, and the color violet was also her own favorite color. The name Violet symbolizes truth and loyalty, while it also embodies a sense of modesty, spiritual wisdom, and humility. All seven of the Doble siblings gained their education in various educational units operated by the Adventist Church in the state of New South Wales, Australia, and they all entered service with the Church in Australia, New Zealand, New Guinea, and the Pacific Islands. In their varied capabilities, they served in medical mission work, educational institutions, as church pastors and as secretaries. An older sister married a pastor who served as president in four consecutive territories in Australia and New Zealand. Allow me to reminisce a little. Way back when I was a student at Avondale College or University in a country area between the major cities of Sydney and Newcastle, I happened to observe a small group of girls who were part of the intake of new students for the new school year. One of those girls wore a dress in blue that was made up of one complete flower pattern. I thought to myself, that girl has a touch of class. During the following year, we began a new friendship, and we exchanged large photographic portraits. The colorized photo of the pretty 18-year-old Violet 
stood in a frame on my study desk in the boys' dormitory at Avondale. That photo declared unequivocally, she is my girl. After college and after marriage, we served in pastoral and radio ministry in three states of Australia, South Australia, Tasmania, and Western Australia, and then volunteered for overseas service that took us to British India for nearly 20 years. It was in Colombo, Sri Lanka, that I was invited to launch a new DX program for broadcast in the International Shortwave Service of SLBC, the Sri Lanka Broadcasting Corporation. A quick transfer then took us to Pune in India, where we served for 10 years at the production studios of what became the original AWR Asia, Adventist World Radio in Asia, the largest of more than 100 AWR radio studios on all continents. It was here in Pune, India, that Violet was appointed as the Administrative Secretary for Adventist World Radio, and she typed all 574 scripts for the original AWRDX program, Radio Monitors International. In addition, she typed and handwrote, and sometimes signed, several thousand QSL cards on behalf of AWR Asia and Radio Monitors International. Those historic QSL cards are still retained in radio collections on all continents, and they're a valuable reminder of one who served the international radio community quietly and efficiently from behind the scenes. It was during this era that the well-known international radio monitor in India, Jost Jacob, VU2JOS, served as a volunteer with Adventist World Radio and Radio Monitors International. After the death of Prime Minister Indira Gandhi, the political scene in India changed, and it became necessary for 3,000 missionary families of all Christian denominations to leave India. The AWR headquarters on the edge of Washington, D.C., invited us to take up residency in the United States and to retain our service with Adventist World Radio. For us, it was from India to Indiana. It was here in Indianapolis, Indiana, that Violet took employment as a secretary for various commercial medical units, though she often assisted with various activities and events associated with the AWR office in Indianapolis. Violet Joyce Double Peterson lived a full and productive life. She loved her family, son Melvin in aviation in Asia, and daughter Janelle in education in Indiana. And she loved her church, where she served as organist. She served her husband lovingly and completely, and she was appreciated and honored by those whom she befriended. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will arise from their graves. And this tribute was written by Dr. Adrian M. Peterson, International Relations and DX Editor of Adventist World Radio. We end this edition of WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio, with music from an album called Violet Evergarden, Echo Through Eternity, the song 
her spirit lives on. Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week, the story of the two shortwave stations known as Radio Sada e Kashmir and our Bangladesh DX report. Several QSL cards are available for this program. Send your AWR and KSDA reception reports for WaveScan to the AWR address in Bangkok, Thailand. I'll give you that in a moment. And also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa, or to IRRS Italy or to the AWR relay stations that carry WaveScan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air here in the program. They will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. The postal address for AWR QSL cards is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanon, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. Again, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanon, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. And the email address for other correspondence to WaveScan, not reception reports, is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White, WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida, USA. Till next week, good listening, everyone.